1: go. That was redirected in front of the net past Koskinen and it's 3-0 for the Leafs. Skate into the Oiler end. Forced over to the left. Goes into the left wing corner. Now in behind the net. Nylander centering pass. It goes to Riley. He scores. Morgan Riley slipped in from the left point. And he goes high stick side
0: on Koskinen. Leafs are up 4-1. Yeah, 5-1 would be the final. Another tough go for the Oilers last night who did have some chances on Jack Campbell. Leon Dreisaitl open net. Couldn't put it home. Would have given the Oilers a long-awaited first goal of the game. The losing streak is at 6 for Edmonton he joins us every two weeks on inside sports courtesy Avalon Foundation repair Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years home of the lifetime warranty it is Craig McTavish checking in tonight Mac T, how are you doing sir hi
1: it's it sounds like uh, the Oilers could use uh, a little bit of Avalon service right now for foundation repair <laughs> uh, I was that the game last night? um obviously but uh really really think it's a growth period of time for the oilers right now and you know their adversity is uh you know really good for growth and they're sure facing their share of adversity here right now but uh no pleasure to be back reed thanks
0: yeah, well, see, th- see, that's why, first of all, just the way you started there, and, and I, I played a bunch of audio from Glenn Gullitson in the first half hour of the show, and it's always interesting hearing from people who coached or who are coaches because, you, you know, hey, uh, you know, Rob and I interact a lot with fans, and uh, the sky is falling, and they're never going to win another game, and everybody's going to have to be traded uh and Glenn had said look the the results are lagging he thinks they've played well enough to win but they haven't and and, and you came on and said it, it, adversity is a time to grow so I, I appreciate that how you know the people who have been in in the coach's office they're totally different perspective than pretty much anybody else would have
1: yeah well the panic threshold is uh is is low here in uh, a Canadian hockey market with as high expectations as uh, we all have for the Oilers. And, uh, you know, the, the, the positive signs I saw out of the game last night were just the overall effort early. And, uh, you know, you want to see a team in a situation like that come out inspired. And, uh, and it's got to be led... by by your top players. And I really thought that was the case. Darnell had a big hit early. Uh, Leon, I mean, this is an intensity and uh, physical play. He's he's very capable of doing that, but it's not necessarily his calling card. And and it was last night. I thought he was a man on a mission and really showed a lot of excellent leadership for the group. And, uh, you know, Leon can get down when things aren't going well, but I mean, he really, he really showed me something last night uh, in, in the way that he played. And, you know, when you're evaluating this and it's hard for the coach of the team or the coaches of the team to, to do it, but I always try to, when you're evaluating this, like the, the offense is fickle and it, it it comes and goes I mean, the intensity, the work ethic, the physical play, and the accountability defensively, those are choices that you have uh, as a player and as a team every night. They're there for you uh, if you want to grab them. And to me, there, there was a real collective effort uh, at the start to do that. And uh, you could tell the team came out, Uh, pretty inspired and and the energy in the building was great. Unfortunately, Toronto's lethal right now and uh, Jack Campbell's almost unbeatable and not just for the Oilers, but for everybody. I mean, they're, 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 uh, they're, they're a formidable force. Uh, They're, they're, I mean, they've got the most points in the league for a reason. And, uh, you know, but you just, as a coach and the coaching staff and, and, as a teammate and a player, you, you have to, uh, you know, you just, you have to keep the spirit. You can't, you can't get down because if the energy goes then, then it's a, then it's a slippery slope. But, uh, you know, there were some guys there in the last half of the game, I thought that didn't play very well, but the, you know, when you're losing games, guys aren't on top of their game and you got to find a way to get it back. And where's your reference point? Some of these guys are younger players uh, experienced guys and we've all as players lost it where I remember one year I couldn't carry the puck for 10 feet and how, how do you get it back you you get into practice you start handling the puck but you know I had that reference point and veteran players have that reference point but some of the young players they just uh, they, they've they, they, they don't really uh, know at this point i think how how to get back on top of their game and uh you know they're going to need a a break and you got to get to the net and try and get lucky and then get some confidence by getting a break but it's uh there's plenty of good signs i think
0: okay so you reference getting to the net and and i think that's worth discussing because there have been some games last night uh minnesota boston where they did get a ton of shots and and yes you give the yeah. opposing goaltender credit is there enough though ne- whether you want to call it net front presence greasy the greasy goal scoring opportunities I, is I mean, there it, enough it, of that
1: it's it, no the short answer no long answer is it sounds like a simple uh skill set to get there uh and it is but there's an efficiency that goes with that positioning. And it's very hard to teach net front efficiency. And guys that have it, Hyman is, you know, clearly our best and most efficient player at the net. They're, they're in position at the net to find the puck first. They don't fight unnecessary battles. You're not engaged in a battle till you read that the puck's going to get to that area. And then you push off, free up your arms, and try and get a stick on it to deflect it or find it as it goes to the net. I mean, there's some guys that will go to the net, but then when they get there, they don't know what they're doing there. And uh, I think there's a a certain amount of that. I think Wayne Simmons is, is a good example of a guy who's spent a lot of time at the net, efficiency at the net uh but it it is in coaching it's it's a simple concept but it's it's not uh easily translated the concept to the players where they where they get the efficiency that they need at the net
0: well, oh, I love how you explain that that y- you can be in front of the net but if your arms are tied up and your stick is tied up it doesn't matter you know? if the if the puck is sitting there that's yeah, yeah that's they, they, the, the
1: opposition at. like the Chris prongers of the world they, they don't get engaged but they find the puck first <laughs> you know right you're, you're, you're just, you, it's it, it's it's more complicated than it than it sounds Okay
0: so I, I asked Gully today as well because they, they did a drill. And it's, it's certainly not a new drill. And they did it earlier this season, but they put the nets on the blue line and they play three on three in the neutral zone. If the puck goes, you know, across the blue line, the, a, a coach just fires one back in and keep going. So I said, I asked also, did that relate to anything uh, specific in your game? And, and he said, primarily he gave a, a longer answer, but he said, primarily winning puck battles and having good body position In confined spaces when you were coaching would like if it was a a tough stretch or maybe any stretch like would you would every single drill be tailored to uh, you know correcting little issues and and would you make the players totally aware of why they were doing the drill or would you just kind of do it and hope that it would just create habits without you banging it into their heads so to speak I,
1: I think as a coaching staff the coaching staff would get together and and identify things that they wanted to work on based on the game. Every coaching staff is going to do that. And what, what's the, uh, what's the, what's the mix of drills today for me, it would have been a lot of that. I mean, tight area hockey is not this team's calling card yet. And uh, you have to be good in tight areas. And do we have guys that are pretty good in tight areas or really good in tight areas? Yeah, but not, not collectively. It's not really a strength of, uh, of the hockey team. So that that would be one for sure. Tight area. Hockey is, is so critical really there's and winning puck battles. I mean, there's really effectively three States in the game of hockey. There's the time first state when you have the puck, the second state when they have the puck and the third state when nobody has the puck and you better be good in that third state. If you're going to be a, a, a team that's contending for a playoff spot in the championship. So for sure, you'd want to get that in. You'd want to get an energetic drill in. So uh, a competitive drill, it sounds like a, a, that was too as well, where you could get some energy and get some juices flowing because you know, it the average fan they don't understand how uh, bad uh, an environment can be on an NHL losing team. It's, it's brutal, and uh, especially around Edmonton and Canadian markets and markets that uh, really love their hockey team. That you 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 can't get away from it, and you're feeling. Uh, you know, you you just you, you can feel it all the time. You walk in, and it's like a it's it's like a vibe that slaps you right in the face. So there, you you have to be mindful of that. You got to make sure that uh, the team has energy for the next game. And uh, I listened to some of the comments today uh, from some of the players, and it sounded uh, they were all really good comments. So I I give the coaching staff a lot of credit for framing the situation the right way, because, you know, any coaches earn their medal during situations like this. And the answers aren't obvious. How much direction, how much abuse, how much love. And you have to have a lot of experience to lend the proper perspective to the team in these, in these times. And to me, I, I, when everybody's singing from the same song sheet during these times, that, that's when I say the, co- the coaches, uh, you know, the coaching staff is, is on point with the team. Because if the energy goes, which you saw in Vancouver at the end, but I mean, they were in a much worse situation than the Oilers. But the energy was gone and, and the belief goes and, and then it's really a downward spiral.
0: All right. We're going to spend a few more minutes with Craig McTavish. He's joining us courtesy Avalon Foundation Repair, Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years, home of the lifetime warranty. Back in a couple of minutes. And we'll have Aaron Grimes from the Edmonton Elks on at seven thirty tonight as he signs a two-year extension with the Green and Gold. Craig McTavish joining us tonight. All right, Craig, I'm gonna uh, I, I'm gonna it's story time here, I guess. Uh, okay. <laughs> I interviewed Devin Dubnik a couple of days ago, and uh, I asked him about the year he wound up getting traded away. And he said, well, you know, things were on the uptick the previous year, and then uh, things kind of plummeted, and, and it wasn't a great situation. But he did say this, it would have been a lot better if I just would have stopped the puck. Um, you know, you were managing that club. Uh, just, you know, hearing that Dubnik said that, does, does that take you back to anything or anything you'd like to share about Dubnik?
1: Well, no, not really. But, I mean, we all figure things out as life goes on. Right. <laughs> and, uh, it's, uh, I remember when I went to Philly, it's the same thing. You, you just don't know what you don't know at those times. And, uh, you know, every time I see Terry Murray now, who was a coach at the time, I always apologize. Uh, you know, cause you, you, you figure these things out over time. Uh, Devin's, uh, you know, he, he's, he, he, he's had a very good career. But those were tough times for everybody, and uh, you know it was really the first time he'd ever been through it. So as I talked about earlier about reference points and experience and how valuable that is when you go through hardship. I mean, you you, what's the line? You get experience uh, right after you need it, and uh, but you know we all we all figure things out over time. Yeah, some things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Okay, so I, I want to ask you about this as well. Uh, obviously, the Leafs were here, so you have all the Leafs jerseys. Rob Brown always tells a great story about when he played for Hartford and Boston came into play. It was basically a road game for the Whalers because there were so many Boston fans, uh, your experience as, as a player coach, or even if you were managing and just looking into the crowd or even now as a broadcaster, do you ever like, was there any fan base where you you were just like, okay, come on. Like you guys again, where are you coming from? Or, you know, what, was did it, did it bother you if there were a lot of, visiting teams fans in your building. I'm
1: just wondering if you have any recollections there. Oh, leaf fans for sure. Yeah. And HAB fans. Uh, I mean, a lot, we used to go up to the oil patch and, uh, I mean, there's a lot of Nova Scotia, Nova Scotianers up there and Newfoundlanders and they're a hardcore leaf. fan. it was just, we'd just be doing battle with them. And, uh, I'd say to these guys like, Hey, the NHL expanded West years ago, guys, come on, <laughs> but you, you get to, uh, you know, and that's what makes it such a painful loss last night, because as an Euler fans, we're proud. And, you know, we, they, we just didn't have enough ammo last night and really, uh, it, it, it wasn't that, that the team didn't put in a, a, a good effort and, you know, and, and wilted. It just wasn't that night, and it was the wrong night for it not to be that night. I mean, I saw in front of me there was, you know, altercations, and, you know, you don't, it's an ugly scene that you, you don't want to see. And uh, some of it w- were Oiler fans, you know, that were hassling the, the Leaf fans. And you, you want it to be... Uh, a healthy give and take and all for the right reasons but then, then you add a few elements and it can get carried away it's, it's it's actually worse in europe like if you can believe it in switzerland where i coached last year they're supposed to be the most passive neutral people but they when when uh they have sections for the opposition fans in your building that are fenced off <laughs> because they, because they can't interact together without fighting and uh you know, to me, that was the ultimate irony of working and living in Switzerland.
0: <laughs> well, uh, we'll go down that road, I'm sure, as we move throughout the season. We haven't scratched the surface yet on, uh, on some of your stories from coaching in Switzerland. Craig, always appreciate your perspective. Uh, we love having you on the show here every couple of weeks. Uh, I guess, yeah, uh, I fun. guess we may not talk to you before Christmas, so Merry Christmas. Hope all is well with you and your family, man. All the best. Thanks. Happy
1: holidays to everybody. Thank you.
0: That is Craig McTavish checking in tonight on Inside Sports, courtesy Avalon Foundation Repair, Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years, home of the lifetime warranty. Love having Mac T on the show. Always great perspective. Uh, always a very uh, positive perspective, I think, as uh, we're talking about the Oilers here going through a very tough time. Tomorrow they'll take on the Columbus Blue Jackets. In the NHL tonight, after the first period, no score Capitals and Blackhawks. Kelly Rooney is coming up next.